Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, Wine and Dine listeners, Amy Irvine here, CEO and co-owner of Rooted Planning Group. So thrilled that you've joined us once again. We are starting a whole new series this week around estate planning. I have put together several episodes where we are going to be talking about various aspects of estate planning. I feel like that's an area of mystery. But of course, before we dive into this particular topic, I just have to give a shout out to the winery of the week, which is called Living Roots. Actually, it's also the start of a theme. I did a bunch of research on different wineries that also have that same rooted theme just because I'm a bit of a geek and I love to know this sort of thing. The only one I found in upstate New York was called Living Roots. I've mentioned them in the past. I actually stopped there just this past weekend and got a delightful bottle of sparkling rosé. Yes, sparkling rosé. Super dry, but wonderful flavor. It was actually about Frankish, which is a peppery. Some people think of it as a, uh, the other name for it, sort of this Lemberger. It's the difference between Austria and Germany location-wise. So I'll give a shout out to Living Roots. They actually have roots in Australia and Rochester in the Finger Lakes area. So if you get a chance, go out to their website, check them out, see what they might have for you to to sip on some really great, unique wines. I've had their sparkling red before, but I'd never had their sparkling rosé. So yeah, head on out there, see what, if there's things that you like, um, whether it's from Australia or whether it's from upstate New York, I think you'll find something that you'll really enjoy. Okay, so now we're going to dive into estate planning. And before we get too far into this episode, I just want to make sure people understand I'm not an attorney and I cannot provide legal advice. So my goal is this is just educational. I'm not providing recommendations. I'm not suggesting you you know follow any particular advice here I, I just am providing education and I'd like to thank Encore Estates and their team for providing me with a great deal of guidance and educational language used in this podcast we like to work with local attorneys as much as possible but sometimes that's just not possible and Encore Estates is out there for us to be able to refer our clients to should they want to establish their important documents. With that being said, what is estate planning? Well, I actually wanted to know from the CFP board, 
what they felt estate planning does. So I went out and Googled it and, I said, and they are telling me, because it's been a while since I had to memorize those definitions, but I guess I wanted to use this as a double check. But if you look on their website, they say estate planning is a le- is the legal planning that helps you control who will inherit your money and property and who can make medical and financial decisions on your behalf if you're unable to do so yourself. The key documents include beneficiary designation forms, wills, healthcare proxies, durable power of attorneys, and sometimes just. So that is the definition at the CFP board as far as what estate planning is. Now, together, uh, me and my clients and our clients, we create a financial plan to help you and your family reach your goals. And a piece of that is definitely talking about estate planning and how it helps protect against what you've built and where you've gone and when you and when you're gone. It it helps you think of basically five parts. One is sort of under the give bucket. Who gets your assets and how will those assets be given? Then if you want to say under the protect bucket, who will make your healthcare decisions? Who will make your financial decisions if you can't? And if you have young children, who will care for them? So if you think of it as sort of two different buckets or two different columns, there's the give and protect. Why do we need an estate plan? Well, three basic reasons is what I could come up with. One is control. Don't let the wrong person make important decisions. You can make those decisions right now. Number two is peace of mind. When you die, your wills will go through probate and your assets become public record. And so we want to make sure that you, you know, your assets are going the way that you want. So freedom to make the decisions you want, um, maybe the future to ensure what the assets are going to do and how they're going to work for the long term, and then taking care of your family and, and legacy. And then the third reason that I can think of as to why to you know create an estate plan is potentially just privacy. Accidents happen all the time, just making sure that your loved ones are protected and they're protected in a way that you want them to be. And you may not want it to be public. You may not, you know, it, it might not, that might not be a big deal, but just sort of that making sure that things are taken care of. Okay. So those would be the three reasons as to why you need an estate plan, in my opinion. Now, what goes into an estate plan? Again, and so I'm thinking about you know, talking to our clients, the five major decisions that go into each estate plan, in my opinion, would be those decisions that are designated for beneficiaries. That would be one. That is the who will get your beneficiary, who will get your assets when you pass away. Generally, if you have children, we see things go to your children in equal shares, but not always because sometimes, you know, one child got more during your life. You want the remaining children to get more in your death or one child cared for you more than the other children physically or financially. So, you know, it, we it doesn't always go that way. There's opportunities to also leave things to charities. Maybe you wanted to go to charity instead of to children or a combination thereof. The second thing that goes into an estate plan is the method of distribution. So that's the how. So we have the beneficiaries of the who, then the method of uh, distribution would be the how. So your beneficiaries will get Everything when you pass away that's left over and depending on the age and financial capabilities of your beneficiary, you may want to delay distributions, right? So, for example, for your young beneficiaries who, you know, are maybe not 
able to make financial decisions yet, or you're not comfortable with them, then, you know, you might put it off. And a lot of times we'll see like, you know, one third goes to somebody at maybe age 25 and one third goes to them at age 30 and another final distribution takes place at age 35, could also be younger than that. Now, there also could be some, um, for those younger beneficiaries, you're going to have some immediate needs or access to funds for things like healthcare, education, and just general support. So if you have a beneficiary with special health needs, you can also leave the assets to them in a special needs trust. And we're going to get into that in a later episode. You also want to be thinking about in your estate plan, well, who the trustee or executor or the financial power of attorney might be. This is the person or people in some cases who will make financial decisions for you in the event that you cannot. The type of person who makes a good trustee or executor is someone who is financially responsible who can handle finances similar to you and is generally a good decision maker. If you don't have a family member or a friend that fits the bill, you can consider a professional trustee. Usually we have somebody named as the primary and then maybe at least one or two successors. A fourth component to your overall estate plan would be a healthcare proxy or a healthcare power of attorney. This is the person or people who will make healthcare decisions for you in the event you cannot. The type of person you name here would need to be able to make decisions during difficult emotional times. You'll have the ability to state your end of life and organ donation wishes in the documents as well if you want. And again, I'm going to spend a whole separate episode just on these particular types of documents. You also might want the fifth component that you might want to include is if you have young children, then you definitely want to have guardians named. This is the person or people who will have legal custody of any minor children should you pass away. Sometimes people will name a separate financial custodian too, but the guardian will work with the trustees or the executor to access funds for the minor assets. We often see like parents, siblings, dear friends named in here. We also see um, if you have other children that are over the age of 18 or 21, they might be named. And again, you want to pick a primary and some contingent and make sure these people are aware. All the, the different people that I mentioned in those five components, make sure they're aware and you've talked to them and they're willing and able to make uh, some of the changes that I mentioned. And also, um, I always joke and say, you know, do a annual um, review of your documents, put it on the calendar and treat it like an appointment because sometimes things change in people's lives and you may want to make changes to these. The actual documents produced would be things like your will, your healthcare proxy, your HIPAA, your power of attorney, and maybe even a trust. So I named the components, but then those are the actual documents that get generated. One of the most common questions we get is, you know, what's the difference between a will and a trust? These are um, two different documents that often can work in tandem. And there's a few similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. So when we um, think about these documents, they're definitely part of your estate plan. They have, um, they have a, I guess, in order to have a complete estate plan, you want to look at, you know, the what what complexities you have. So the questions that I would ask uh, or to think about would be at exercising control. Both a will and a trust 
allow you to control who gets your assets at your death, how these people and entities get your assets, and who is in charge of making the financial decisions. So the levels of the controls do vary uh, with trusts, uh, enabling more control than with a will, but they both name that. Both wills and revocable trusts, and notice I said revocable trusts, are um, set in sand, meaning you can change them providing you have mental capacity. Uh, and unlike an irrevocable trust, as an example, might be considered set in stone. But usually the revocable trusts are only that way once you become incapacitated um, or if you uh, pass away. The differences include things like probate avoidance. So a trust will avoid probate if properly funded. Those are important words, properly funded. A will does not avoid probate. If you have a will, it's going to be probated unless there's no assets to wait, of course. But also a will is sort of public where a trust is private. So in most states, probate is, you know, there's a cost and there's time associated with it. Uh, And the documents are on public. So if done properly, trust will be easier to administer and can be done privately. Control during your lifetime, a trust allows you to control what happens now if you become incapacitated. Uh, um, There is language in the trust that says, you know, this is what happens next. And it also explains what happens at your death. A will only controls what happens at death. One of the biggest, I guess, barriers to a lot of people with trust is they do feel like they're more expensive. And um, that is true because there's some upfront work that needs to be done. But when you typically compare what you spend in probate costs versus what you spend upfront in a will, uh, typically trusts are a little bit cheaper, but not always. So I always say, like, get the information before you um, before you make that decision. We do encourage people, if you do have a trust, we encourage you to also still have a will with something called a pour-over provision, because if something inadvertently gets left out of the trust or can't be put into the trust for some reason, we want it typically to go into your trust should something happen to you upon your death. And then um, you want to make sure that you have named beneficiaries on assets like life insurance and retirement accounts for beneficiary controls. That's why it's important for you to name and make sure that you're checking your beneficiaries. A lot of times those are left outside the trust as the primary beneficiary. And then the secondary beneficiary is named as the trust if you do a trust. Um, if, it, if you're not doing a trust and you're just doing a will, you definitely want to have, in my opinion, primary and contingent beneficiaries listed just in case. And then the question might be, which one should you do? In most cases, if you're trying to space out distributions for your beneficiary, like minor children, um, and avoid probate, and you want to exercise more control, then you might want a trust-based estate plan. If all of your assets are passed by beneficiary designation and there's no reason to hold things back for any kind of adult um, or any kind of child, and you're, all of your beneficiaries are adult beneficiaries, then a will-based plan may be sufficient. We will provide in the show notes a checklist for you, sort of a workflow of what issues you should consider when reviewing your estate plan and your beneficiaries because we think it's important for everybody to be thinking about that. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you would share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes so that more people like you can find us. And a special shout out to our podcast editor, TJ Meehan from TJ Media. We sure appreciate 
all of the fupas that he erases as we're recording these podcasts and for the blending sounds. Thanks again, everyone. We hope you have a great day. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.